previously on the Simply Human Podcast. Why do guys think farts are funny? Hmm. Why is it never not funny? There's something in our biology that says that's funny because my boys are are, uh, seven and four, and I've never, like, sat down and, like, all right, boys, let's talk about what's funny and what's not funny. But they think it's hilarious. It's episode 110 of the Simple Human Podcast with your hosts, Mark and Rick. Our goal is to help you understand how humans are designed to eat, sleep, move, and enjoy, and how you can start living more like a human today. On today's show, the return of Jim Laird of Jim Laird Strength and Conditioning. And then it's another moderately funny edition of the Humans Being Human story with Melissa. And we'll wrap up with our Simple Human tip. How are you, Rick? I'm good. How are you, Mark? I'm good. Uh, real quick, that's the first time I've ever done the intro without reading it. I was actually going to ask you the other day if – I know you have it printed out. I, I mean I know how this goes, but like I was going to see if you like printed it out separately every time to fill in the blanks or if you basically just have like it handwritten well, it's a like Google an old Doc. tattered piece no. of uh, legal pad and you just fill the blanks in. It is a Google Doc. I'm a, I'm a big fan of Google Docs. But anyway, I feel nerd like – feel like I Hashtag nerd alert. I didn't miss anything, did I? I don't think you did. Yeah, Sounded no. normal. Um, okay, really quick. I have. Oh, you forgot the part where we said it's a podcast. Idiot. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have. I have a story to tell you. Um, but before, well, but before we talk about the story, have, did you see all of the the Facebook posts about the Powerball and if we and if everybody split? Oh my God! The money. <laughs> what were people thinking? I mean, I'm an idiot, I, and I, I, yeah, I and I, I know I, that. To be honest with you, like. Uh, very few times do I look generally and I like just close my eyes and shake my head at the human race. Like, hey, guys, come on. Let's all – it's happening a lot lately with the whole Donald Trump thing, not yeah. to get too political on the podcast. But like uh, I'm doing a lot of like looking down at the ground, shaking my head, going, oh, what are What's we doing? Happening? Guys, come on. Yeah. And this was uh, another one of those, like, are we being serious? If we have $500 do we not, million. We all own, and I could understand if this is like, if that happened on Facebook, let's transport ourselves back in time, like, I don't know, 10 years to where everyone didn't have a smartphone in their pocket. But literally when I saw that, and I, I was behind the curve because I was sleeping, so I woke up and saw that, and I was like, that doesn't sound right. So on my smartphone, I'm looking at that, I pull up the calculator, and I did the math, and I was like, that's not right at all. Yeah. It's like $4.37 well, a person. Well, you don't even need like, And also, the, the population isn't $300 million, It's like 320 to well, $25 million. So well, that's like, your math is fuzzy anyways. Anyway. But I was like, this doesn't even sound yeah. like it makes sense. And I checked it out. I was like, nope, sure doesn't. Yeah, just in case you know what we're talking about, there was this meme going around saying, hey, if we, the Powerball is $1.3 billion. If you split that up between every American, every American will get – you know, like a million and a half dollars. Yeah, like one point six million or and, something like no, that. It's like, it's like that's like after taxes or something. And all these people are sharing it and posting it and saying all this stuff. And it's like, no, that's like saying, "Hey, I have five hundred dollars. I'm going to split it up three hundred ways, and everyone's going to have a hundred and sixty dollars." Like what? But anyway, so that, if that, anyone out there is listening to this program that did that, I uh, understand that I'm giving you the shaking my head. Like, come on, yeah. man. Well, come on, and I will man. say, Katie Bowman is going to come on the show uh, next month, and one of the things we're going to talk about is sort of this concept of, and, and Jake talked about this on the ticket, Rick, that you, you know, this inside thing, but like how the no, Dallas radio station, how nobody can can get around anymore without their phones no one can do math anymore no one can do hand like no one no one's handwriting is good and kind of how those things work if you don't have to do something and so in the movement uh realm 
Like no one, you don't really have to walk because you have a car and you have a bike and a hoverboard, a Segway and a hoverboard. You have all these <laughs> things. So anyway, we're gonna talk about that. I want to tell you about what happened to me at a at a movie. I'm really excited about hearing this. And let me preface this by saying I'm not like a real big movie theater guy. Uh, me either. It's, a, it's always such a huge pain in the rear end to go yeah. to the movies because you have I got kids. I got somebody to go to watch the kids, and you got to get there at a certain time. Yeah. And that's really expensive. And I'm a complete. And total cheapskate. I would literally rather be like, I will wait a year until that movie is on HBO yeah. than pay the twenty something dollars. Yeah. However, in a couple of hours, my wife and I are going to see Star Wars before somebody ruins it. But I'm uh, really excited about hashtag the movies. nerd alert. Uh, hashtag everybody sing it, you idiot. Whatever. Nerd. It's not like it's a a real like uh you know niche film here as a film noir nerd. But I'm really excited about the movies lately because there's three that I really want to see. I want to see the new Star Wars yeah. one. I want to see The Hateful Eight, yes. and I really want to see The Revenant. Okay. I've been excited about seeing The Revenant for months. I haven't I haven't seen it like a movie. I saw like a preview about yes. it, and, uh, and I was like, man. Also, Leo DiCaprio. Mm. Mm. And he, must, he must work out. Yeah. Okay, so I saw a preview for it you know, on a YouTube ad or something several months ago, and I was like, I, that, wow. So I, like, I, I yeah. researched it because you know, it's like based, allegedly based on like a true story. So I researched the true story. So a very allegedly, by the right. way. Apparently, it's not yeah. even close. Yeah. Well, but was, the only thing that's close is there was a guy who had was, two ears and two eyes. Yeah, <laughs> and he lived at that time period. Yeah. And uh, so I was, I've been really excited about this movie for a long time, and I don't, I don't go see movies. Last, the last like 10 movies I've gone to see are like kid movies with my kid. You know, like... They're all Pixar movies and yeah. you end up crying. Yeah, oh, yes, them. yes. Oh, my God. Those are the worst, yeah, man. I, I cried at, like, the good dinosaur. So did I. And whenever, I'm like, oh, stop it. Whenever they were... They, whenever they were... The, the, he was, like, telling the boy to go with the human family and they hugged. Oh, yeah, definitely cried. Run me to tell you, like, an inside story about that movie. Okay. But not an inside story, but one that no one else is interested in. Okay. Go ahead. Okay, so I'm really excited about this movie. Come Opening weekend, I texted a bunch of friends here in town. I was like, hey, get babysitters. Let's go see this movie. That all fell through. <laughs> oh, you, so you made a huge deal out of it. Yeah. So, but <laughs> that all that all fell through, and I ended up going to see oh. it on Saturday night at 10 o'clock with Blake, who's been on the show a couple of times. Yes, Blake Lewis. Uh, big, big, manly, uh, hunterman, fisherman Blake. I, I, love the, I love the word hunterman. Um, yeah, it's not, not really a word. Not a word. So I love a lot of things. So he hadn't heard anything about it. He just knew he's like, well, if Mark is excited, does he live in a cave? Yeah, basically, yes. I guess he's a hunterman. Yeah, he's a hunterman. Uh, so we go see this movie, and we've talked about my weak stomach before on the show. I mean, I throw up a lot. I get really bad car sick, motion sickness, very, very easily. Yeah, those uh, are the bragging montage. Yeah, we had we had the bone flap exposed story. That wasn't me, but I, I could sort of relate to that because <sighs> that was like I, I videoed someone in a CrossFit competition once and they dislocated their knee and I got kind of like, okay, I need to sit down. Like that was, ugh, you know, like uh, so that kind of, that's <laughs> kind of stuff happens to me. My brother, Jeff, who's been on the show several times, he has a history of fainting and like weird like he hit his knee once really hard at school and just like passed I remember out. this and then uh he was giving blood once and passed out we were in las vegas the, the three brothers were in las vegas and we were watching some movie on the tv in the hotel we were getting ready to go out and it was some it was like wolfman and the wolfman has this big gash on his shoulder and jeff started like sweating and like like, are you people serious? I don't know. It was really weird. We were making fun of him about it. We still send him like pictures of Wolfman every now and then, just to like you know give him a hard time. So all that is is you know prologue to what happened. So 
the opening scene. I'm not going to. Uh, yeah, we're not. We're not, not giving, giving anything, anything away, away because right. there have been a lot of talk on the internet yes. about this. The opening scene to me rivals the opening scene of Saving Private Ryan in its intensity. In yes, its, in uh, it, that's the most intense yeah. thing I've ever seen. So, ever. like, like as far as like gripping the. I mean, I left that movie and I like, I like my muscles relax. You know, like I was just tense the whole time, and it's mm-hmm. really intense. So leading up, it's a theater. There's loud. It's very loud. It's big screen. It's crazy. There's this co- opening scene, and pretty early on, and it's it's no secret that he is attacked by a bear. I think that's very. The well. internet uh, was going around for a while ago saying that he was attacked sexually yeah, by the bear. Yeah, that's not even close. Perpetrated by Breitbart. Yeah, not even close to being facts accurate. Yeah. So the bear scene <laughs> starts, and it's a very long scene, okay? Like, it's not just like he, the bear, like, runs by him and, like, whacks him upside the head and keeps running, right? I mean, it is, and, it, and it's like a point of view reference. So you're, like, standing there while this guy is being attacked by this bear. And at some point, I'm not going to say what, there's an injury that he sustains during this attack. Okay. Where I kind of was like, oh, <clears throat> Okay. The bear bit off his penis. Something like that. Yeah, it was, and it, and and I I started to kind of feel like, <clears throat> okay, golly, man, uh, I kind of started to feel a little, you know, like jittery. Like started, you are not serious. I started like sweating, right? And I was like, okay, okay. You do know that, like, it's fake. The real Leonardo DiCaprio yes. was not eaten no, by listen, a bear, right? And, like, and, do I need to meet, like, uh, go listen, arrange a meeting with him to be like, hey, Mark, goes make believe? The funny thing is, as it's happening, I'm starting to feel like this. I had that thought. I was like, okay, Mark, uh, DiCaprio's uh, fine. This, this is not real. Like, but I, I don't oh, know. Mercy. Listen, but I don't know what. Why? If it was a combination of the crazy opening scene plus the loudness of it plus just the the thought. Of a bear being attacked by a bear is so frightening. Plus the the gore. Anyway, he he gets attacked. He gets attacked. He gets attacked. At, and the attack is over. And his and his comrades, you know, is, find him. Okay. And at that point, and they were assessing his injuries. I had to I had to get up and would leave the theater. No, you did not. I did. You were lying. Did you not see these texts? Were you not in on those texts? You probably were asleep. Yeah. I, I can't believe I, I made it out of the theater. As I'm walking down the little dark hallway to the door to leave the theater, I was like, I'm I'm gonna I'm about to follow. I'm gonna I'm gonna faint. I'm gonna pass out. And you I, are an I know, I know, I know. Uh, okay, everyone. Well, the podcast ended at episode 110. I can't do any more of these. So, That's the most ridiculous well, thing I've ever so heard So I, wa- I go outside in the hallway and I sit down and I'm just like, <laughs> and I, I sat there for two or three minutes. I'm texting people. I texted y'all at, at like 11 o'clock and I was like, I'm the biggest, I, 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 I'm such, a, I'm so ashamed of myself. I, I texted like four different groups what was happening to me. Like I was so ashamed. And, and then I went into the Good bathroom. God. I went to the bathroom and like, and like did put water on my face and I came back in and it was fine. It was fine the rest of the time. Well, I guess I can cancel like my next plan with you. And that was to watch the gremlins. Yeah. You're going to get all freaked out. <laughs> but like, oh my God, watched, the gremlin in the Christmas tree is going to attack me. Shut up. Me. But, I, but I watched the, I watched this bear attack scene on YouTube. It's on YouTube and it's, it didn't affect me at all. I don't know if it was just like the context or something, but once that physical response started, I couldn't stop it. And I think if I'd stayed in that, that chair, I probably would have ended up throwing up or something. Like, I don't know. Like, it's just, I can't, I couldn't help it. I'm sorry. Well, I don't know what to say. What do you You, want from me? Well, 
Apology is a good place to start. Well, I have my. You're man- sorry on behalf of all mankind. My dad, my dad got me this card for Christmas, and it looks like a driver's license, and it says manhood certification card, and it has like official man card, and it has all. It says like. This Looks card, like a driver's license, yes. It says, this card may be revoked by any other man card holder in good standing for acts of unmanliness or when any stuff, you know, it's, it goes on and on. So I posted a picture of this on, on my Facebook and like with hashtag revoked. You know how we need to fix this, right? No. You and me and, and like a video camera, we need to go to like a zoo. And attack a bear. And like put you in a cage with a bear. <laughs> And like you can pet the bear gently. It's very game. And of if the bear decides to destroy and eat you, then that's you know that's just nature. Karma. But maybe the bear will just decide decide to befriend you. And then it would be all good. And then you can just ride around on the yeah. bear's back. So I know obviously I, Blake obviously. Please tell me he like oh, destroyed you over it, this. Like he he was so like you know we're in the movie so he doesn't. Blake would punch the bear in the face. Yeah. And kill oh, him. Blake would have easily killed the bear. So, but like it, we're in the movie, so I I guess he thought I was just going to the bathroom or something. So when I <laughs> so when I came back, he you know he didn't want to have a conversation with me while we're trying to watch this movie. So after the movie, he he was like, "Where'd you go?" And I, I could have just said, oh, I just need to go to the bathroom. I had to go get my ballet shoes. Yeah, and I could have just said, I need to go to the bathroom really bad or something. But I, I was just, you know what? I'm going to own this. I'm just going to accept what happened to me. And I told him, and he was just looking at me like, what? Like, <laughs> I don't understand what you mean. Like, why? What happens uh, when you watch, like, that bank robbery movie Heat with, like, Al Pacino and Robert De Niro and all that? Hey, like, uh, the only time that has ever happened to me, ever, in my life, that kind of response was when I was observing an actual craniotomy, a brain surgery. I worked at a hospital, and, and I got I had to leave the OR and go sit outside because I felt like I was going to, like, fall over. Man, um, if you could only see some of, like, the wild stuff that I get to see at well, work. Like, well, then, like, my, our other friend, like, Blake is an orthopedic surgery sales rep. So he's he's in surgery all day. He's, like, yeah. guiding doctors through surgery. And then, like, our other friend, you know, I've got other friends that are, like, people that are surgeons, you, first responders, people like that that are kind of used to this. I'm not used to bear attacks. Man, one of the first gunshot wounds I saw, a guy, and it wasn't even a bad one, like, he just got shot kind of like, it wasn't even a lethal shot. It was... Kind of like his upper chest, like near his shoulder, but it was just in a weird spot that, like, uh, you know, we hear the call come out, and I'm like literally right around the corner. And I pull up, and this guy's like just kind of like leaned up against a pole, and you could tell, oh, that's a good, a good shot. And I was like, hey, how's it going, man? He's like, oh, not good, man. I think I got shot. And I pull his jacket back, and like, it's this little tiny hole. It's not devastating like right, you see right, on right. TV or the movies. It's but just it's like, like the, the, the size of the bullet of a gun. Just like every beat of his heart, blood is just going. <sighs> like blurping out blood and I'm like oh, I guess we better fill that thing in before you you die out here in the street and he's like oh yeah I guess so you got some gauze and like shoved it in there before the fire department got there but it, that that would have been something that you yeah. would have been like oh god yeah <laughs> And you would just the, the the medics would have gotten there and looked at him and looked at you and looked at him and looked at you and like started like which one are we gonna transport here? Started taking care of me first. <laughs> this guy does not look well. He's totally pale. <laughs> He's sweating. There's vomit all over his beard. <laughs> Yuck. Oh well, my. you're an embarrassment. I know. On behalf of humankind, yes. I'm embarrassed to be a part of this whole thing. Well, and in some of the group threads I was in, people were like saying that back to me, and I was going, "Yeah, right, right. No, that's what I'm. I'm not arguing." Like, that's what I'm saying. I'm not arguing with you. You're arguing <laughs> you're arguing with someone who's agreeing with you. To me, that sounds a lot like something a woman would do. Burn. So we're making fun of women? 
<laughs> I just I wasn't aware this is the simply sexist just uh, misogynist kidding. podcast. Hey, I, I, I made I made a joke like that on Jason's podcast, and he was just like, "Dude, uh, send <laughs> send all your hate mail to Mark yeah. Rogers. I love women." Mark, mark that mark that i was just about to say that all right we need to get to our interview with jim laird uh he, he's great guy super strong one of the strongest men on earth uh owner of jim laird strength and conditioning and he's also really big into the the recovery his shirts jim laird strength and conditioning on the back it says rest more uh which is really good stuff so i'm uh, not really sure what we talked to jim about because we're about to talk to him so visit us online you're forgetting all this dude yeah simplyhumanlifestyle.com Thank you to like yes. we've received uh, quite an outpouring of support from several listeners who have uh, sent in some donations to help us uh, help us offset kind of the cost of doing this and the cost of the website and the cost of this and the cost of that. So thank you everyone who is generously. You know what? Yeah. We should probably like read their names on on the air. Okay. Yeah. We, if you, if you have a list, point. we'll do that. Uh, we'll do that in the next segment. Yeah. So your shout out comes next. Uh, we should have planned that better. But thank you to everyone who's done that. Uh, find us online simplyhumanlifestyle.com. Send us an email. Mark is simplyhumanlifestyle at gmail.com. I'm simplyhumanrick at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter and uh, Instagram. It's, it's at simplyhuman52. Uh, like us on Facebook. We're over 2,000 likes. Leave us a review on iTunes. We're over 200 reviews or ratings. So thank you to everyone who's, who's done that stuff. Uh, did I miss anything? So, um, all right. Yeah, so yeah, again, I just want to say thanks for all the, the uh, quote-unquote Donations, they really help, and uh, we really appreciate. They're not quote unquote; they're actual donations. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think uh, we're we're not technically like you, you're not going to get a, uh, a tax write off for your for your donation. I guess that's why. If you're five dollars, you send us. Uh, yeah, you're not going to get a tax write off. Yeah. So, sorry. Sorry about that. So, all right. Well, uh, let's get to the interview. Uh, here is Jim, where we talk about a bunch of stuff that is really interesting. <laughs> I want to hear Jim's take on what happened to me during the Revenant. Oh my gosh. Did you see that Facebook post, Jim? That I I had to leave. I did not. Okay, no. I had to leave Sorry. the theater during the bear scene because I started. I yes. this, some physical stress response. You happened. got aroused. <laughs> <laughs> no. That's why we're talking about. No, this. I I got like uh where like, I felt like I was gonna like pass out and I was like very queasy. <laughs> And I mean, is that? That's are, my dog, by the way. Are sorry. you are you so ashamed of me for yeah, that? Yeah, Mark, that's not a bear in the background. You don't have to, get, you don't have to crawl into a fetal. <laughs> it's a dog. Oh man. So anyway, that happened. And then and then one other thing, we interacted uh, about this on Facebook as well. The whole Powerball. We talked about this in the in the opening too. Yes. How everyone was going crazy about. Oh, if everybody split the Powerball, we'd all have three million dollars. And uh, yes, yeah, four point three. Four point three million. Is it? Their, their math was. I'm suck at math too, and their, their math is a little. Yeah, little yeah it's four point. The funny thing is, that if you did give, if you did give everyone in the United States four point three million dollars, you'd still have poverty because some people would just blow through it. Yeah. And or that would inflate the cost you know. of all goods and services. And so, like, if everyone's a millionaire, then guess what? You have like uh, the devalued dollar, and it would sink the world economy. Hey, it's macroeconomics right. talk with Rick Nerd. <laughs> <laughs> well, Rick, I'm a Rick Jim, guy. and Mark, and my dog Rommel. Yeah, <laughs> do you just have one dog, or are there two? I have two pit bulls. Uh, one's a, a pit bull, the other one's a pit boxer mix, and I have a pug named okay. Cousin. <laughs> are they fighting right now? What's happening? No, Rommel's just this is his playtime, yeah. and he knows that it's his playtime. I took him outside, but he's not happy right now because okay. he's. 
Sagan is great, and he should oh, be running back and forth like a maniac. So, right. so are you, he's not happy with me at the moment. You're up at the gym. Jim is at the gym. I am at the gym, yeah. yes. By the way, I have all. I think that's one of the most clever uh, puns of all time, is that your name is Jim, J-I-M, but your website is Jim, G-Y-M. I always, I get a chuckle out of that at least a couple yes. of times a week, so thank you. You've done that. <laughs> I, I honestly was, was completely uh, just lost of what to... Uh, to name my facility, and uh, one of my clients, her name is Sheila Bays, and she has a a, 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 a store called Sheila Bays Fine Jewelers, and she's just like, name it Jim Laird, G-Y-M. And I was like, oh, is it? I thought, you know, I was like, that's kind of tacky. She's like, no. She's like, is my business tacky? I was like, no. So uh, no, I just kind of did for that. you. Yeah. Yeah. So well, I like yeah, it. Yeah, what the hell? Well, well, thanks. I appreciate that. All right. Well, Jim, you... Uh, I think you mentioned to me uh, earlier that y'all were in a, a staff meeting and had a, a conversation about yes. about what was it? Yes. Uh, death by something. Well, you know, with well, no, no, that was the pedicure. pedicure. I almost died from pedicure a couple yeah, yeah. years ago. We can talk about that too. Oh yeah, Let's you know, talk. we were in staff meeting yesterday, and um, we were just talking about some of the biggest biggest challenges we face as a staff. And, uh, you know, especially this time of year, we don't really market for New Year's resolution people. They they really don't make good long-term clients, but uh, we pick a few people up around this time of year. And um, the the biggest thing we have, you know, we get these people that come in and they just want to throttle themselves. I mean, it's, uh, you know, they've got like four, they got four kids, they got a job, you know, they're working 40, 50 hours a week and they think they're going to be able to come in here and get themselves fit by crucifying themselves. And, um, Getting people to buy into self-care, into sleep, you know, into going for a walk. You know, they'll, they'll, you'll say, hey, why don't you just go for a walk? But I, I feel guilty because I'm not working hard enough. And um, there's just this whole mentality of, you know, I've got to crush myself to get results. And, you know, you might get results in the short term, but the majority of people, if they want long-term success, um, are going to have to focus more on the sleep and the restoration part of it than the um, – than the actual training part of it, you know, and especially if health is your number one goal. And even if your performance is your number one goal, if you're pushing your body to the limit, you better be spending equally as much time chilling out and, and recovering. You know? right. Yeah. So like what, I know that's a culture at your gym now that you have really worked hard to instill. So you probably don't have a lot of clients that are sticking to that you know most of them well, it's I, still it's still a battle because people want to fall back into that they want to fall back into that it's like well you know it was christmas and i you know and i started drinking every day and i let my diet slide and i've gained five you know i've gained five pounds which is usually water you just described, and um you just well, I, you know, I need to start doing an extra you know i need to start doing you know extra classes and you start running more and then you remind them well is what's your sleep been like Oh, my sleep's been really crappy. Well, what's your diet's been like? Well, my sleep's been, been crappy. My diet's been crappy, and then I've been drinking extra. Well, why don't you just clean all that up and don't worry about training any extra? Yeah. You know, they think they can basically undo their their um, you know, undo their 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 um, transgressions by extra work. Right. Yeah. Like I send extra, so I have to do extra. You know, whatever. It's like you're you reading my life, or... Jim. That was yeah. like my whole month of December. <laughs> Me was too. I'm sleeping terrible. I'm eating terrible. I'm drinking too much. The whole nine yards. I'm like, hey, was he, was he spying on me? Yeah, um, I'm actually. <laughs> I think it's pretty common. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm actually working with someone right now, and you know, we're we're dialing in her 
uh, her nutrition and, and we're talking about sleep and like, then, you know, she's w- wondering about like the movement stuff. And so she texted me, uh, she's like, all right, will you send me some like CrossFit workouts to start, you know, doing, and I was like, whoa, 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 no, no, no. Yeah. We're not, we're not going to do any sort of like CrossFit <laughs> workouts. It's almost like when you guys talk about that and I, you know, I'm like kind of the everyman. So a lot of this is kind of not new to me, but it just, it blows my mind a bit, but it's almost like if someone was like, you know what I'd like to take up, I'd like to take up, uh, jogging and so i'm going to go to the olympics tomorrow i'm going to drive to the olympics and just right. start running on the track with all the usain bolt and all them like that's not an attainable well, I, I thing for the, regular uh, people i use the analogy of uh, an attorney you know if uh, i want to be an attorney i just don't graduate from law school and go right in front of a a, a judge and 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 you know argue cases um it's it's the same sort of thing, and, and and just getting people to understand that excess body fat is a sign of an unhealthy body or a body that thinks it's in a, like a stress situation and it's just trying to store fat for for to so you can survive, and you have to convince the body that you're not in a famine or a stress situation. Uh, sorry, I hope my dog isn't being too annoying. Rommel, <laughs> calm down, buddy. We'll play in a minute. Um, so. <laughs> so what you're saying, Jim, is that like the extra fat that I'm carrying around my body isn't a sign that I'm an idiot or that I'm lazy or that I uh, am stupid right. or I'm a piece of garbage. It's right something far more evolutionary. It's a it's a natural it's person. a natural response. It's a natural response. It's an evolutionary response as a survival mechanism. Hmm. So. And some people store fat easier than others. You can get it on the gut biome and all that kind of stuff. And um, and some people you know, actually get skinny when they get stressed. And that's actually evolutionarily not an advantage. But, you know, Rob Wolf talked about this at at the Paleo FX. He was like, if you've put on weight, that's actually, you know, a positive adaptation because you're going to be able to survive longer if there's no food, you know? So it's like you're you're, um, getting people to understand that if your body is in a good place and it's healthy, it's not going to maintain extra body fat. And then that's going to fluctuate, you know, the time of year and stress and everything else that you got going on. It's not going to be constant. You know, so finding a healthy place is, is uh, and most of the time, people that are that are overweight, if they just improve their sleep and if they just cut out some some of the refined starches and they walk and they, man- they meditate, um, you know, most they'll lose a significant amount of body fat without even having to train that hard. Huh. Yeah, I love that idea that uh, Rob in that talk. You know, it's like if you if you're obese, like your brain is doing what it's designed to do like it, it, you you your brain right. is telling you to, to get as much energy as you can while using as little energy as you can like an optimum foraging strategy Absolutely. or whatever and so so how we've sort of demonized people that are that are overweight or obese uh, as being lazy or uh you know you you know you're you're dumb obviously you know you, you know it's like you can see what's going on. Why can't you just stop it? Well, no, like you're they're, right. they're the brain. They're doing what their brains are telling them to do. Everything is functioning as right. it should. We've just sort of, uh, the, the whole system is kind of, uh, short circuited because of right. the food industrialization and all the process. Well, and that's, and that's the trap is sure. that you take someone who is overweight, who's having struggles with that and you, you know, whip them in that manner and tell them, you know, their weight is tied to their self worth. Then if they have the wrong information and they just try to, Oh, okay. Well, I guess I'll, I'll uh, run uh, five days a week and 30 miles. Then you're making the problem even worse. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and some people will lose weight and most won't. Most will just end up gaining more weight back. Man, I try to tell people this. like They're not actually fixing the, the root cause. Well, and well the, you, my, you look my, at a couple my, hundred years ago, in the Victorian era, 
being slightly overweight was actually uh, positive because they then you knew you were wealthy, you had enough food, and you had you were you were successful. So people actually wanted to be slightly overweight because that means you could actually feed yourself. Well, and my anecdotal evidence that I try to tell people, I'm not a scientist, but like. Uh, You're I've a macroeconomist. Yeah, that's how you say that. Uh, <laughs> I've run one marathon and I've come really, really, really close. I had to bail like basically last second uh, on uh, running another one because of an injury. But I'm running 20 to 30 miles a week. And the first marathon where I, where I, didn't, uh, I, I couldn't finish the training because of the injury, I actually put on, and my, uh, put on weight and my body composition got worse. I also I wasn't eating anything that was healthy at all. I thought I could outrun it. And the second one, the one that I actually yep. did complete, I was uh, you know eating healthy, no sugars, no grains, pretty strictly through the entire program, no alcohol, and uh, my body composition didn't change a bit. And if so, if conventional yes. wisdom tells us, conventional wisdom tells us, okay, well, New Year's resolution, I want to lose weight, I need to watch what I eat, and I need to run. Well, the running didn't have any impact on it whatsoever because if running thirty miles a week. And eating healthy doesn't uh, make a difference really in that. Then it's the running like that's a it's a pointless beat your head against the wall exercise if that's the only reason you're doing the running is to get is to lose weight and get healthy. Correct. It's not good for you. Yeah, we have we have to talk people out of marathon running for fitness. Um, if you want to run a marathon, it's great. It's kind of like wanting to squat a thousand pounds. If you want to squat a thousand pounds, it's great, but you're going to pay the health consequences of that. And what people don't understand is the more you run, the better you get at running and the less calories you burn. And actually your body's going to start dumping muscle mass and bone mass to, yep. to, to make you, it's kind of like a plane going down in the Swiss Alps. Your body's going to be throwing out because you so see you don't hit the mountain. Um, and so that's, and your body's going to become super, super efficient. And then your, your desire for carbohydrates is going to go through the ceiling. Um, so it's, it's not the greatest thing for, for health strength training actually, you know, because of the damage to muscle tissue and stuff, it, it causes a much more and hormonally too. I mean, basically when you're running a marathon, you're running from a bear that doesn't exist and you're using all that pregnenolone up instead of, you know, producing testosterone and all these wonderful sex hormones, you're basically mm -hmm. using all your resources up to run from a bear that doesn't exist. Hold on. Careful I'm, with the bear. Yeah, hold on. Did you, pass out hang on. Like did, you did you say running from a a bear, hang oh on. God, I gotta sit down. Let me. I gotta sit down for a second. Oh jeez. <laughs> running from an aroused oh. bear. Yes. That's a good time to run. Hey. Okay. Real quick. I gotta get out my sketch pad. Real Not quick. Run hang towards on. it, Mark Rogers. Yeah. Run the other yeah. way. Hey. Listen. Bear talk. Did you know? Bear talk. That bears have an actual bone, and this is biology yes. talk, guys. Oh my God. In their peni. Okay. It's go, just right? penis is just the word, Mark. It's uh, not penis. Plural, penis. Nope, their, it's penises. You're wrong. Penises. Okay, so and I have one of my friends went out and like hunted a bear or something. I have a bear, I have a bear penis bone in my garage. <laughs> that is the that might be the first time that sentence has ever been uttered in the English language. I have a bear penis bone in my garage. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Uh okay, Jim, are um, you your garage? Are you <laughs> Yeah. Mark that. Uh, are you are you a big resolution? Let me guess. You're doing your show from your you're doing your show from your garage. Uh, yeah, I'm actually I use. You're the, just working on some squats here, Jim. I use the bear penis as my microphone. <laughs> anyway, um, stop, Jim. Are you a big resolution guy? Like, do you like do you tell your clients like, yeah, resolutions are good? Are you indifferent? Are you anti-resolution? What is your uh, uh, thought on the the whole New Year's resolution? I mean, some idea? people some people need goals, but like you should be doing the stuff that you need to get healthy 
regardless of the time of the year. Like this is some, you know, we try to teach people like this is stuff you want to do for the rest of your life. You know, you want to cut back on refined starch. You want to sleep. These are things that you want to do, um, you know, all the time. And if we do have a resolution, it's like, okay, we challenge people like you're going to start a meditation practice or you're going to, you know, go for a walk or you're going to take a bath twice a week and chill out. If you train extra hard, like where do you go from there? Like, do you have to train even harder? Right. You know, like, so if people, if you challenge somebody, well, I'm going to do this or I'm going to do that, like, what's the next level to that? So if I can get the results that I want, which is to be healthier and to look better by not adding more activity, um, then it's a sustainable thing. But if I'm like, well, I'm going to do two workouts a day. And then what if that doesn't work? What if that digs a hole deeper? Or what do you do after you've done two workouts a day for a couple weeks? Like, do you do three? Yeah. Or do you cut back? I mean, it's so so really challenging people on the rest and the sleep part of it, getting people metabolically healthy. I think that's going to have a longer uh, a longer effect. And and then and then you know convincing people that this is stuff that you're not just going to do for like two three weeks four weeks. This is stuff you're going to do for the rest of your life. So make it reasonable. Start out with five minutes of chilling out. You know, start with uh, pushing your carbs to nighttime. Um, you know. Start by getting your butt in bed at, at 10 o'clock. You know, just make those goals. Make goals that you can maintain, and then this, it'll be a snowball effect if you do two or three things consistently for a long period of time instead of just, you know, hey, I'm going to you know run extra. Or I'm going to train extra. Or I'm going to do all these extra things. Yeah, it's kind of like that uh, idea um, that uh, Gary Taubes talks about in the, the Why We Get Fat and What to Do About It book. It's like if the, the mindset of, you know, you have to run. Your metabolism slows naturally as you age. So in order to offset that that slowing of your metabolism, you have to run like 10 miles a week in your 20s. Then it's up to like 20 miles a week in your 30s. And if you want to, the, the, the rationale goes, if in your 80s, you're going to have to be running like 70 miles a week to offset. Right. You know, that, that just doesn't make any sense. Then you're going to have knee and, knee and hip replacements. Yeah, that's just not, that's not, a, that's not <laughs> an option. Well, and then you're going to burn, the more you run, the less calories you're going to burn anyways. So, you know, you're going to be, you know, running 20 miles and you're not going to be expending any energy at all, especially because you can't even, can't even run very fast. Now, Jim, I have a question. You see these guys um, that have been running for ages and they can barely walk. Right. I have a question for you, Jim. Uh, I would sure. imagine for almost everybody, these your sleep, I guess, prescription, whatever you'd call it, your sleep suggestions are probably about the same. Get in bed early, as early as you can, low blue lights, sure. all that stuff. I would imagine your stress stuff is about the same. Hey, you need to meditate, you need to chill out, all this stuff. Uh, is your advice or prescription or training or whatever you give as far as weight training, is that – pretty close to like, I don't want to say like one size fits all, but like, is that pretty similar for most people? If the overall goal is just, Hey, I want to look healthy. I want to be healthy. Is that basically yeah, look, the same type of stuff? And, or, look, yeah. yeah. Look good and feel good is, 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 um, you know, strength train twice a week, walk every day. We do a little bit of metabolic work at the end, depending on how healthy somebody is. If somebody's really out of shape, we're going to do more aerobic work to give them an aerobic base so they can actually train. But okay. I mean, if somebody's getting ready for a powerlifting meet, you know, that's going to be a little bit different, but the biggest difference is, is we're going to pick exercises that are going to help them move better as opposed to specialize. Okay. So most people, we, we, we really stop squatting people with a bar on their back because we found that when people jam their shoulders together real hard, um, and you teach the body to do that, it really affects thoracic mobility. So like with my athletes that, you know, if I have athletes that are going to college and they're having to squat with a bar on their back, 
I'll have them squat with a bar on their back, but my athletes that say are not, you know, doing barbell squats at a, at a college or my high school kids, I'll squat them with kettlebells or a safety squat bar. So they don't have to, you know, we were taught to pinch those shoulder blades together really right. hard during the bench press and during the squat. And, and I've just found that that affects your ability to move over time. What, and so front, we would squats? just avoid things like that. What about especially front? with overhead athletes like volleyball players and things like that? Um, but yeah, you know, squats, lunges, deadlifts. We, we we tend to deadlift people more. I think that's a more functional exercise. And it's as you get older, you can deadlift, uh, you know, consistently. And the squat becomes more of a problem as yeah. you age, especially if people don't move really well. So, Jim, what uh, about we'll a, work on the squat pattern, but we won't load it as much as we'll load a deadlift. What about the front squat? Is that do you have the same tendency? To, oh yeah, to front squat's the, awesome. Yeah, okay. that really gets like you have to get your elbows up. That activates uh, and your serratus, forward. You know, one of yeah. Lucy's favorite muscles. And yes. um, you know, so front squat's great. I, I, you know, for for people that are just trying to be healthy, you can back squat, but. I just think over time it's uh, it's it's counterproductive for well, for being able to move thoracically, especially I'm a prime example of that with my powerlifting career between bent punching my shoulder blades together on the bench and jamming my shoulder blades together on on squats. You know I'm wrestling now and it's it's been a bugger trying to get some thoracic mobility because I've taught my body to lock my shoulder blades together for so long that my shoulders and my scapula are just frozen. Well, what, they don't glide at all. When you talk about uh, you know thoracic mobility, like do, is there also a, a, could it, like what are your thoughts on back squatting? You know, for for long term, can that eventually like that just all that pressure, the compression of your spine, end up being a problem if you're doing? Well, it, I I think you know I think it's fine as long as you're in a good position, you know, and as long as you're not trying to go crazy with it. I mean, obviously. You know, if you're trying to squat world records and stuff, I mean, there's going to be there's going to be more sheer. But I mean, obviously, like I don't, you know, if I have older populations, 60, 70, 80 years old, you know, I'm not throwing a I'm not throwing a bar on their back. You can use kettlebells that puts them in a better position or front squat, the less weight, but you're still getting that stimulus. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it just all depends on on who we're working with. But I'd rather have a much I'd rather an athlete. I'd rather have a big front squat. Um. Uh, than a big back squat, especially with overhead athletes, you know, when they're the bars on their back and they're, they're in that position, it's just not real. It's not real great on the shoulders. I mean, yeah. it can be done, but it's just not, it's just not great. I prefer front squats, kettlebell, uh, go double goblet squats and safety bar squats over the back squat for most of the athletes I work with. Do you encourage, but like the football players and stuff, I have to back squat them cause right. they're going to be back squatting at school. Right. Now, do you encourage your, your clients? Like if they're, if they play tennis or racquetball or, or, basketball is that something that you like what are your recommendations on on sports oh absolutely like yeah. the clients that i've had for 15 years they play tennis play golf or walk and they lift twice a week and then they get phenomenal results it's mainly the consistency like the guy i just got done with he's 90 he's been working with me for gosh since 2001 and he's actually put muscle on um i'm sorry jim you know, how old did you say he was 90 90 years old so i i, I i'm not making yep. fun i'm saying if Everyone listening to this should think about that. And if you're 90 and you're still exercising, you're still doing work, you're able to get out of the house. You're not cramped up in a in a right. a, a, a hospital bed somewhere in a nursing home. This dude right. is 90 and he's out there in your gym working his tail off, putting in work. 
we should all be so yeah. lucky. I would imagine this has probably been like a lifetime pattern for this guy of making sure he's taking sure. care of himself to the where he's 90. Right. He can be enjoying his life, not just, you know, waiting, you know, to die. Well, the funny thing is, is when he first started with me, you know, whatever the math is, 2001, I mean, he had debilitating back pain. They were actually talking about doing surgery with him and I was training his wife and, and I just said, Hey, just give me like, you know, half an hour, twice a week for a month and let's see what happens. And then we got him down on the floor. We got him moving. And of course, you know, I'm obviously not a PT, but just by getting him moving and getting him a little bit stronger, his back pain went away. And he hasn't had a problem with back pain since I started working with him until he went on a trip to Europe and sat in a plane for, you know, 16 hours, uh, double that, 30-something hours. And he had some minor pain when he got back, but then we got him moving again and he was fine. But he works out, he's been working out twice a week since 2001. He plays tennis and he walks. He never really started training until he was older, so... You know, you can start at any time. You just have to start where you are. And we generally, I work on a scale of 1 to 10. I'll ask him, what is that out of 10? And generally, we don't want to go over an 8.5. And so we'll do things that challenge him just enough, but, you know, won't bury him, literally. And um, <laughs> so, you know, that, that, <laughs> yeah, it's true. So it's, uh, you know, it's just one of those things that he's been able to put enough stress on his body to keep his, you know, help him stay, uh, you know, keep his, his, his metabolism up and, and, and build some muscle mass and uh, help with insulin, insulin resistance without, you know, putting too much stress. And he comes in consistently twice a week for, and then when he goes on vacation, he does his floor warm up, he gets down on the floor, he gets up and down off, you know, off the floor a couple times every day. I tell him to do that. And it's a bit amazing. I mean, he's got abs and he's, He's really defined, and mm. he's, he doesn't lost slower. Power send a picture so of him cool. to us, maybe. Uh, uh, well, hey, Jim, we're, we're almost out of time, but I want to ask you, like, if you could project, if you could like write your future down, and it would it, and it would happen when you're ninety. Like, mm-hmm. what what right. would you? As far uh, as I won't a, make it to ninety. Well, <laughs> well from a I, movement. I, I, I've driven. I've driven my body like a stolen car, dude. I'm, I'll be lucky if I can make it to fifty. Yeah. When you, okay. When you're fifty, at this guy's equivalent of okay. ninety. What like what are you like? What would your ideal movement pattern be when you are you know in your in your final years? Have you ever thought about well, that? Well, I, I really one of the reasons I started wrestling again is because I want to be able to move. I, I see a lot of guys that I competed against in powerlifting that you know had you know, back surgeries and shoulder replacements. And I've been in multiple car accidents and that's where most of my dysfunction comes from is car accidents actually. And, um, you know, I want to be able to drill and not necessarily wrestle live, but be able to do wrestling drills and to be able to do things like Turkish get-ups and to be able to do things like that and push a heavy prowler, um, you know, till I'm dead. You know, that's basically, that's, I've changed, I still lift heavy once a week, but it's more full body. I, I, I don't have any, you know, desire to deadlift any more than I've deadlifted or squat or bench any more than I've benched, Um, you know, and and so my biggest thing is to have quality of movement and then just to maintain some level of strength, um, you know, for the rest of my life that I'd love to be able to be able to, you know, wrestle and to do things like that and hike. And I went on a hike last week. I went down a 300 foot rock face with a 50 pound pack on and it absolutely kicked my (laughs) Um, those are the, those are the kind of things that I'm doing now as opposed to, you know, participating in a sport that's very, very highly specialized. Um, you know, I want to be more of a generalist now. Um, and so, you know, I I haven't lifted like what I used to lift like, and I still weigh 
250 pounds. Like my body just likes being muscular. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I don't really have to work that hard to keep the muscle mass that I have. Are you a fan of, uh, like Brazilian jiu-jitsu, things like that? Well, yeah, I like jujitsu and I, I integrate some of that, but my body type, I don't know, you know, if you've noticed, but my arms are really short and I'm built like a fire hydrant. So jujitsu is a little, you know, guys that are lanky are better at jujitsu. So I do kind of a hybrid wrestling jujitsu slash grappling kind of, kind of thing that I kind of have to customize to my T-Rex body. You know? So, <laughs> right. And then T-Rex, the- T-Rex has to fight a little different than uh, Brontosaurus right. or whatever else or yeah, Velociraptor. I think was we, there a long and lanky dinosaur? I can't think. Rick, Rick's son. Uh, Diplodocus was very long. He had a very long tail. Our Argentinosaurus was also kind of like in the same body yes. style as like a uh, as a yes. as a apatosaurus. So there you go. Diplodocus is what I would go with. It looks like an apatosaurus. With yeah. So I'm not gonna like I'm tail. not gonna fight. I'm not going to fight like whatever one of those dinosaurs you just said. Uh, T-Rex has to have a different strategy. <laughs> All right. And, if, and the final question, and you may not want to do this, but I want you to do this. What, okay, I want oh you to give everyone your lifetime like PRs on your squat, bench, all that stuff. Because I think this is just um, Gosh, I can't. Squat was just below 900, I believe. Bench was seven, just 900 close grams. to 700. My dev, my, <laughs> yeah, my deadlift was, uh, yeah, de- deadlift was like seven, 705, I think. Gosh. Um, but, you know, the funny thing is, is I, I, I was an average lifter I, in my in my opinion. I, uh, the biggest mistake I made, and if anybody is listening that's a power lifter, is that I left all my best numbers in the gym. You know, like I, I trained too heavy uh, in the gym, and instead of focusing on technique, and I would get to the meet, and my technique would, would go to hell, and I'd try and muscle things. And, you know, in the gym, you should be working on your, you know, lowering the weight to making sure you're doing it correctly and then pushing your accessory movements. I, I, you know, I love Westside Barbell and their methods, but I chased the max effort way too much and I paid for it at the meets. You know, I didn't perform the way I should have, you know, once my squat got up over 900 pounds, um, you know, my technique just went to hell. And once you start getting over 900, uh, if your technique isn't dialed in, it's like, it's not going to happen. Right. You know, if you're off half an inch, like you're screwed, yeah. you know, so lower the weights, focus on doing it right. Learn how to use your equipment. If you, li- if you lift with, with gear. Um, and, and then, you know, I didn't get as much rest as I could have. I was, you know, taking a Fedra's and I was up all night. I was working, you know, 60 hours a week plus bouncing at clubs on the weekends. And, you know, so, you know, and that's one of the reasons I'm going to die young, but, um, uh, it, it was good. But I mean, if I look back, I would, I would underlift just, a little bit, I'd cut back on, you know, chasing max effort numbers. I'd push accessory work more and then I would sleep better and, and, uh, and work on trying to stay healthier, uh, than I was. Cause I, I mean, I drove my body like a stolen car. Yeah. Awesome. Well, Jim, I appreciate you doing this. I know we, we have a, uh, to, to give our listeners a little tease, we're going to have Jim on at some point in the next few weeks to tell some, some more humans being human stories. I know we need to tell the pedicure oh story and some other things, but I know you, oh, that's a good one. you're just, you're full of, of great stories and a lot of other good stories. I'm you're, full of shit. You're, you're that's what of, I am. I've got yeah, brown eyes. Yeah. <laughs> you're full of lots of stuff. So, all right, Jim, that's right. We'll hang out for just a second. We're going to stop the recording. Really appreciate you being on and uh, hope you have a great day. You too, boss.
You're listening to the Simply Human Podcast. Thank you, Jim. And uh, I will have the link to his website in the show notes. And uh, he's been on lots of podcasts and, and guest hosted for, we, we may have even talked about that, the time travel talk. Um, so anything that he puts out or that people from his gym, Dave Wilton is going to be on the show in a couple of weeks, uh, who works at his gym, Lucy Hendricks, uh, who's been on the show before. Uh, and they'll both be at the uh, Jossa Retreat. We need to talk about that too, if you haven't signed up. I think there's a few spots left uh, for that. But uh, uh, yeah, anything that he puts out is amazing. Uh, so read it. Uh, so, okay, so real quick, we said we we're going to do this. I want to read off and thank everybody who has uh, given us a donation. We want to thank, thank James Fagan. Uh, uh, but do you have any more information on that? Because I used to work for a guy when I worked in Oklahoma named James Fagans. Is it Fagan or Fagans? Fagan. Okay, well, make... small world is a different yeah. guy then. Because this um, guy's definitely not like a guy in the health. He smokes like eight packs of cigarettes a day. Oh, yeah. Allison Laughlin, uh, thank you to Allie, I guess, uh, is what her other email says. Uh, Trey, is it, was it, it was Trey, wasn't it? Yes, it was Trey. Trey Beecham. Yeah. Trey uh Hampi. Um, we appreciate nope, that's that. Not how you say that at say all. That. There's actually, well, I'm trying to find uh, Micah Johnson. Thank yes. you to Micah Johnson and uh, Alexander Walter. I think. Uh, I think that's was it. that the guy that was from uh, Australia? Yes. Yeah, we had an Australian. Good day, mate. Good day, mate. Yeah. <laughs> that's greatness. All right. Well, uh, so thank you to everybody. And now it is time for humans being human. Uh, we had uh, Melissa. Uh, contact us with a great story and uh, we were like, uh, you know what? We need to have her on. So here she is, Melissa. <laughs> All right, well, so Mel is on the show. We've been recording. I, I'm not sure when uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pick it up on the show, but uh, really appreciate you coming on. She uh, sent us an email uh, about a month ago and uh, decided to have it on. Now, I, I didn't uh, review too much, but what I do remember is that you ran like a coffee shop and your employees were like high school kids. Is that is that the gist of it? So I was a regional manager for 13 years of a coffee company. So I had about 130 employees oh, at any okay. given time. Okay. All within that age range, like teenagers yeah. to early mid-20s. Yeah. It sounds so. like the bakery, Rick. So like my dad. I was literally just about yeah. to say, well, I know what kind of hijinks went on at the bakery with yeah. like four employees that were under 18. I can only imagine with like a large uh, swath of them because we're all making really super smart decisions when we're real young. Like yeah. <laughs> right. Yes, I have an endless amount of stories for you guys. Okay, so yeah, so give us your give us your best shots. Well, actually, I have um I thought of one on my way to work this morning. <laughs> um it's employees and customers. Like you just never know what you're going to see in a coffee shop. Like one time the devil came and visited me and like all I'm the- sorry, what? Yeah. <laughs> And then um, that one was actually really scary, but one of my favorite oh, ones. Oh, jeez, it was uh, actually him. <laughs> I think I'm, I think Mel might be schizophrenic, everyone. Yeah. I think, well, hang on, i got to make some calls. <laughs> we haven't met yet, so I guess you guys will find out at the retreat. But. Right, right. <laughs> Mel, did you ever have, uh, like, someone get so mad at you? Like, you know, because co- coffee customers can be ridiculous. I'm sure you know that. Oh, my word, yes. Ridiculous. So- um, No, I mean, like, people have, like, dumped it out on the ground. But never actually thrown. I'm a pretty nice Wait, person. They so. dump it on the ground like they're so angry at you. They're just like, I'll show you what I mean and throw their coffee yeah. on the ground. Oh, my god! Oh, you wouldn't believe how people act when it comes to coffee. It's crazy. But, yeah. Is it just they because, think like, their order isn't perfect and they just right. go, forget this? or And they're just pissed. They're not going to pay for it. So they just throw it on the ground and just take off. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Dear Lord. My, uh, my mom, she would always like say, you know, no tomatoes or no uh, uh, onions, whatever it was. If we got 
if, if she got her order and there were tomatoes on it, she would take them off and put them up on the on the little uh, windowsill of the drive-thru. <laughs> Giving them back? Yes. She would stop in the window of the drive-thru to do this? No, no. Like, she, like you know, she, we're going through the drive-thru. She says, I need a number three, no, no tomatoes. And you drive up to the window. She get the food. She would ch- sit there and check. And if there were tomatoes on it, she would put – and it happened a lot. you know. And she would – like the door window would be closed. She would just put the tomatoes like up, just brought the, the tomatoes, not on a napkin or anything. Just set them up on the windowsill and drive off. Well, I know. Well, we, we really hold our fast food workers to a high standard yeah. because they get like fifty dollars an hour. So I expect exactly. total perfection. Exactly. Like they just, all uh, do a really good job of assimilating into our culture. So yeah, give, yeah, they, I, I, yeah. Give them a, their tomatoes. Give, back. give them a break, mom. Anyway, all right, yeah. so, Mel. You got what? What others you got? Well, my fav- the story that I was telling you guys about has to do with pranks. Obviously, yeah. dealing with that age group, there's a lot of pranks. I uh, can't even I can't even count. Um, so many I've probably forgotten a lot of them. But my favorite prank was actually played on me. And um, we had someone who worked for us. And since I haven't talked to him, we'll call him Marv. Uh, Marv. Marv. <laughs> okay. Marv Okay. Sorry, Marv is an 80-year-old man that worked for you. <laughs> <laughs> so um, we're going to call him um, Marv Day then. Okay. How's that sound? Perfect. Okay. So Marv Day was probably like one of my craziest um, employees ever. Like ADHD, like, I mean, like any anything you could this guy would do anything and we actually weren't that far apart in age but he just never grew up i don't know if i have either but anyways he was very like anything that came into his mind he had to do it so like if he needed to touch your face he was going to touch oh, your face like okay. he's just one of those kind of crazy people good oh anyways, huh. okay the ultimate but he the ultimate prankster and probably the one of the funniest people i know so he wasn't like annoying even though he could annoy you yes. he was actually like genuinely funny everybody loved marv like want to hang marv. out with marv i think <laughs> so anyway <Marv>. um, <laughs> so one day um in the summertime probably in the mid 2000s i am headed out to work it's probably like seven ish in the morning something like that and i go out my front door and um i take a step out my front door and thank goodness i look down because there is a giant little army man battle going on <laughs> on the sidewalk in front of my house and this isn't just like a hey we've taken a couple like bags of army men and like thrown them out in front of your house type of a thing this is pieces of half inch duct tape taped between their little feet and they are like in formation and like full on <laughs> battling each other that so, dear <laughs> lord he's been out there I thought all it night was pr- it was pretty awesome. So I was pretty proud, actually. Like, I was not upset about that at all. So I left it because I wanted to look at it later, whatever. So um, I kind of go to work or whatever, and I kind of casually mention to the person I'm working with. And, um, you know, nothing really comes about it. So I go home. It's still there. I think I left it for a day or two just because it made me giggle. Eventually, I took it down. So about a week later, I um, pulled out of my drive or out of my garage. And as I'm backing up, my little tree in the front yard is like covered in streamers and like there's all kinds of random stuff in my yard. And I'm like, what the heck? So I look a little bit closer and it's all happy birthday stuff. So 
I've got like my neighbors like waving at me, happy birthday, Mel, you know, this whole thing. Like there's like a birthday <laughs> party like going on in my front yard. Oh my so God. once again, little giggle, like you just never know. But by now I'm like, okay, so this is like a thing. Like this is like, you know, it's a week apart, but it's definitely like somebody's up to something yeah. type of a thing. And then um, probably, I don't know, it was another week or two later. So this, this whole thing actually goes on for like a month, month and a half. So I come out and, um, oh, what was the next one? Oh, um, I don't, I'm missing one, but whatever, we'll move on. I pull out of my driveway like a couple weeks later and there's like literally like a tent pitched in my front yard. And so at that point I'm kind of like thinking like, you know, do I like scare them and wake them up because they're obviously in there or whatever. And once again, it was like 645 in the morning and I, I don't know why it like popped in my head, but I was like, oh yeah, my sprinklers, they go off at seven. So I'm like, you know ah. what? This isn't going to be the end of this prank. I'm going to just leave it, let them get drenched in sprinkler. Yes. Because, mind you, this has been going on for a month, and I still have no clue who's doing it. Like, no idea. Right. I'm starting to ask around, you know, kind of listening to, like, all of the little gossip and stuff like that. No one's giving me Starting to sit on your roof in a lawn chair with a shotgun. Video cameras, yeah. <laughs> exactly. So the final one was probably, like, after that happened, um... There was a little bit of a break because I think that they thought that that would be the end. And um, I just, I don't know. I, I was into it. We'll just say that. Okay. So, one, it's the middle of the week. It's like July by now. So, this is like pure summertime. So, I get a phone call. So, one of the girls who works for me, she kind of lived like just right across the street and diagonal from my house. And I, she's like one of my favorite people too. She's a total creep. But anyway, she calls me in the middle of the night and she's like, oh, my word, Mel. She said the G word, though, but we'll keep it really, really PG. Oh, my word, Mel. There's someone in your front yard. I think your house is being broken into. And I'm like, what? And of course, I'm like, I was dead asleep. This is like midnight or one in the morning or something like that. The call is coming from inside the house. (laughs) (laughs) So I... uh, I um, am like, what? What is going on? She's like, no, there's someone out in front of your house. She's like, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. So she called you and not 911. The the police? That's just it. And then she goes, do you want me to call 911? And I'm like, well, wait a second. Hang on. Because I I know these pranks are going on. I'm not sure if she knows the pranks are going on or whatever. So I had a feeling. It was a little scary and I was kind of out of it or whatever. So those kind of like this happened half and half like this could be really bad or this could be absolutely perfect because I'm finally gonna just really get this person because by now I, I want to get them because it's all about pranks right so anyways so I am on a second story and my bedroom has like a balcony or whatever so I peek I peek through um the drapes looking over the balcony and I see Marv's car <laughs> Marv. and he's got like a <laughs> And so then I knew, I'm like, oh, that little monkey. So he's got, and I, and so I stopped and I like watched for a minute and it's actually him and this other girl that he works with, um, we'll call her Noelle. Um, so it's both of them and he's got like a, um, oh dang, I forgot what those cars are called, but anyways, it's got like a bed and they have filled up the bed of his truck car with, um, shavings from the ice rink. So it's like. No. And he is filling my front yard with what's essentially looks like snow. They both have shovels and they're like in the back, like, like unshoveling it. So I'm kind of like watching them, like put it in my front yard and they've like gotten done. And I look over and there's piles in my front yard. And so they've been at it for a while or whatever. So I, I tell, um, are you sure it wasn't cocaine? 
it been, there was quite a lot. I would have been a rich lady. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I tell the gal that I'm on the phone with, I'm like, nope, I got this handled. Don't worry about it. We're good. And she's like, are you sure? She's totally freaked out. I'm like, nope, I got it handled. Don't worry. So I get off the phone with her and, and he's like throwing the um, shovels and stuff in the bed of the car or whatever. And uh, Ranchero, that's what it was, in the back of the Ranchero. And then they're getting in. And so I'm like, you know what? They're coming back because this isn't done yet or whatever. So I patiently wait for them to go to the skating rink, which is across town, and go get their next load of snow. And then I am like, so then I hear his car. And I don't know how I didn't hear it before, but I hear his car pull up. And so I wait. Like I'm peeking out. I'm a total creep. Peeking out my blind or my drapes and watching them. And I want them to like full on like get into it. They have no idea I'm up. So, um, they're like going at it and they're kind of like starting to make a snowman and doing all this stuff or whatever. And so like, right when they're like right in front of my balcony, I flung the door open and go flying out of my balcony. It's dead silent, like one o'clock in the morning and just scream Marvin day, you little son of a. (laughs) (laughs) And he freezes and like Noelle, like jumps into the ranchero. She's like trying to hide from me and he's like, doesn't even move. And then like, finally I'm like, what the are you doing i hope that word was no you're good yeah you're good okay you know what are you doing and so he turns around he looks up at me and he's like oh hey and so there's kind of this moment of silence where i'm like staring him down and he's kind of looking up at me like the prey like waiting to see if i'm gonna pounce type of a thing or whatever and so i was looked at him and i shrugged my shoulders i'm like well you may as well finish you got this far (laughs) i'm going back to bed so I woke up in the morning and there was a snowman and igloos and all kinds he of fun finished, stuff. He finished like so dedicated to the prank. He's like, I'm he, and that gotta, hit, gotta admit that. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Marv is like totally into it, but it was so hilarious because July I go, um, it's, you know, July and I have winter happening in my front yard and I'm from Oregon, Southern Oregon. So we don't get a lot of that. And there's these little neighbor kids and I hear them like they had come out like right when I was leaving. work. It's a miracle. No, the little girl's like, daddy, it's snow. <laughs> So anyways, his dad like comes out, he's like, what is going on? And so sure enough, I'm like, eh, sorry, you know, pranksters, what are you going to do? But yeah. Awesome. Well, Mel, that was greatness. Thank you for being on. We are out of time, but uh, I I thank you for reaching out to us and for listening and supporting the Simply Human podcast. And uh, hang out for a second. I'm going to stop the recording, but uh, we really appreciate you being on. Thank you. Thank you, Mel. And if you have a story... Email us, uh, simplyhumanlifestyle at gmail.com. You can email Rick at simplyhumanrick at gmail.com. That actually reminds me, we had someone email us, and I said I was going to email him yesterday, and I didn't. Way to go, idiot. So I need to do that. So Sorry if, on behalf of Mark. Yeah, sorry about that. Um, real quick, f- call call us at 530-42-HUMAN. Yes, uh, this is like a new thing we just kind of figured out and basically we're not really quite sure the best way to use this but you can call and leave us a up to three minute voicemail so literally you can just do whatever you want to do if you want to call and be like hey just like your show thanks a lot guys or if you want to call me like hey f you you f piece of s which would be really funny that would be I would, awesome i really wish we could get like an endless stream of like angry voicemails that would be really funny to yes. play but <laughs> or if you want to like you have a real short story and you don't want to do like a humans being human we would prefer to have you on and talk to you back and forth yeah but uh if you have you know hey just real quick something just happened to me i you know saw a guy take a dump on a sidewalk love you guys bye and like hang up then yeah. like that's fine but you yeah. can call us 
5-8-0-5-3-0-5-3-0-42 human. And believe me, Mark first tried to get uh, the number 69 human, uh, but that uh, is un- unavailable. That is unverified and unprovable. <laughs> I know you, and so I know exactly <laughs> what you tried to do. Oh, man. All right. Well, so call us. And uh, tip of the week, it is now time for that segment of our show where it is something you can do to become a more healthy human. Wow, that was real awkward. <laughs> and, and I am uh, I'm listen- swearing. I'm listening to a uh, a uh, oh, one of the great courses uh, uh, on Audible, and it's on cognitive behavioral therapy. And this comes from that. It's a it's a tip from that. And they talk about setting smart goals, and that is an acronym. S uh, smart as uh, spelled by Homer Simpson is S S M R T R T. This is actually uh, spelled correctly. So it's S is make sure your goals are specific, make them measurable. Okay. Make sure they are attainable, relevant. Okay, like you don't. I'm not going to set a goal that's like I want to uh, what like walk on the moon. That's not relevant. Well, I, I mean, and then timely. Yeah, uh, if you if you're an astronaut listening to this show, like you can totally do that. Please, like I, right? But I'm, I'm not Mark Rogers. I'm not going to limit you. Right. <laughs> well, if you're an astronaut, it's different. And then timely. So you don't want to like set a goal that's going to be like 20 years away. That's okay to set those kind of goals, but for the ones that are like going to change your habits and are going to you know give you sort of a, a a more instant reward. So an example, like for sleep, uh, a specific sleep goal would be I'm going to try to go to bed. Uh, within 30 minutes of 10 o'clock every night. Okay. okay. I've been, uh, we talked about this, I think, on the last show, but I have been uh, kind of toying with like a specific sleep goal. Uh, it's kind of sleep and uh, stress management related. I've been meditating every, I say every night, every night or day, depending on what my schedule is. I've been meditating before I go to sleep, yeah, yeah. and uh, it could be a combination of factors, but I'm getting a lot of really good sleep, awesome. and I don't know if it's related. Maybe it, 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 is. Pro- it possibly is. Who cares if it, it is or isn't? If you're getting good yeah, sleep, Yeah, I'm getting good sleep. It. I'm not going to mess with yeah. it uh, and, and until something's different. But uh, uh, So, yeah, I've been doing that. So there's there's a specific part of it. The measurable, how would you, how you, how would you measure that? It's like you could do like a Fitbit or a, the sleep app on your phone or do a sleep yeah. diary. It's attainable. I think I think I can actually just measure it by like how like yeah how feeling. I feel I'm getting, yeah yeah you know? uh, like a rate like a perceived type yeah. of deal your perception perceived exertion like, kind of type yeah. thing but with sleep yeah. yeah is that an attainable goal yeah absolutely you can you can do definitely do that is it relevant yes it's gonna it's gonna help you sleep better and is it timely sure it's, it happens every day so there's an example so so within any domain whether it's work or your health or anything uh, use that little acronym I give us the acronym helpful. one more time so it's specific. Uh-huh. Measurable, okay. attainable, relevant, and timely. Smart. Okay. Set smart. Hey, make a note when this show hits, like a couple days after, we need to make sure we put that on the Facebook and tweet okay. that out and stuff so people can remember. It's yeah. easier to see in print. Yeah. So if you're like driving in your car hearing that and you're like feverishly swerving from lane to lane on the freeway trying <gasps> to write that down, just no, 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 just go to the Facebook. It'll be on there. Okay, yes. It'll be on there. All right. Um, go to the website, simplyhumanlifestyle.com. Everything please, is there. Please, please go to the website. Please go to the please, website. Please. Um, I'm watching this. Uh, well, never mind. I just, <laughs> is the Revenant? I just, no. Mark passed out. Uh, all right. Uh, you, coming up on, on shows in the future, I'm not sure when. Dave Wilton is going to be on the show. He works Very at generic. Jim Laird's gym. Uh, we're gonna have Katie Bowman. Rob Wolf is supposed to be on. I'm. I've emailed. I emailed a doctor who wrote 
a book called What Your Poo Is Telling You. <laughs> I, I, also reached, okay. I also reached out to the head researcher on the, and there's a study going on right now of people taking little pills filled with poop to see if it helps their micro gut, my microbiome and all that, their gut bacteria in their stomachs. Hmm. Uh, and I, I've reached out to her to see if she will come on our show to talk about a poop study. <laughs> so we'll see. I, I was in that sort of a, uh, a phase yesterday, I guess. You were in a poop-related phase. Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> I don't believe it. <laughs> all right. Well, uh, you, you know what to do. Uh, everything is on the website. We really appreciate everybody that's given us donations, uh, helping us. You can go to the donate. You can go to the website to give a donation, so uh, you can keep the thing going. So yes. there you go. Yeah, there's a PayPal donate now button. So uh, that's going to do it for this edition of the Simply Human podcast. <laughs> did I say? It? Did you forget the name of the podcast? I did. I'm not reading it. <laughs> and remember, you're arguing with someone who's agreeing with you. To me, that sounds a lot like something a woman would do. Burn. So we're making fun of women? <laughs> I just I wasn't aware this is the Simply Sexist uh, Misogynist Podcast. So until next time, enjoy yourself. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.